Our lifespan is increasing, but what about our health span, the portion of our lives in which we're healthy? Extend your health span with SRW, Science Research Wellness. SRW is a nutraceutical company that curates the latest science and research to formulate supplements designed to support the structure, function, and processes within our cells that change with age. SRW's cell range line, cell 1, cell 2, and cell 3, constitute the complete cellular system range which supports the nine areas of the cell to change with age, the nine hallmarks of aging. SRW's carefully selected cutting-edge ingredients and formulations support the aging process in a way that previous generations have not had access to. Learn more about the science behind SRW, the nine hallmarks of aging, and how you can find out your biological age by going to srw.co. That's srw.co. SRW, the science of aging well. srw.co. Welcome to Intelligent Medicine, America's foremost program on health, medicine, and nutrition, featuring the latest on both conventional and alternative therapies. Now, here's Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Welcome back to Intelligent Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. It's our weekly rundown of stuff related to health. And you can take part by calling 877-726-8255. Lots of developments on the health front this week. And we're going to go over as many of them as we can. And we want your input as well. You can come directly into the doctor's office and you can pose a question or share a comment. 877-726-8255. And okay, a summer is waning. And so too is the is the pandemic and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, plans to uh, introduce new boosters by the vaccine giants coming to a health facility near you this fall but uh, to my mind the pandemic is really receding and how is it that i have that feeling well uh, I attended a, a Billy Joel concert this week. What does that have to do with the pandemic? Well, it was in late 2019. I think it was in the month of December that uh, I booked some tickets for the Billy Joel concert upcoming in March of 2020. And little did I know that uh, that concert would be canceled because a uh, big COVID emergency and the concert was canceled. And then it was rescheduled, not just once, but twice, three times. And each time it appeared that there was a COVID surge and the concert was canceled again. And then finally, the countdown was for this week, and the hope was that we weren't going to see a COVID surge, but by now there's so much COVID fatigue that people were going to party anyway at Madison Square Garden, and it was a great scene as Billy Joel delivered some of his memorable hits, and the vast majority of the audience uh, unmasked, uh, close together, congregating, uh, not social distancing, and uh, it truly marked... Uh, a, uh, a demarcation where a lot of us feel that we're so over with COVID. 877-726-8255. This week also marks another 
demarcation, which is the announcement by Dr. Anthony Fauci that he will be resigning. The doctor who who presided over COVID, uh, America's doctor, Dr. Fauci, is finally going to go on, in his words, to his next career, whatever that will be, probably involving uh, the media, communicating with the public, maybe be a medical correspondent for a major, major cable news service, uh, writing a book, no doubt, uh, but he's going to be gone. And there's polarizing reactions about his departure. A lot of people consider him a saint, that he delivered us from a disastrous pandemic, and other people feel that uh, he should be put in jail or uh, face a firing squad for his missteps on COVID. His total uh, polarization in terms of opinions about Anthony COVID. Anthony, uh, <laughs> I misspoke. I said Anthony COVID. Uh, that's just his middle name, Anthony COVID Fauci. But uh, Dr. Fauci uh he just does what he does. He is an infectious disease expert, and uh, he he's great for presiding over research at uh, the National Institutes of Health, where he is head of uh, allergy and infectious disease. He's been doing it for over 40 years, and that's what he does. He is uh, a scientist, uh, a bureaucrat, uh, but he's not a frontline doctor. And part of the problem is that uh, we got uh, a narrow top-down approach because when COVID hit, we turned to experts like Anthony Fauci. He was in the lead, but we also had Dr. Burks and others uh, who had entire careers devoted to fighting infectious diseases. And from their standpoint, it was all about fighting an infectious disease. They did not realize the broader societal and health impacts of what they were advocating, uh, lockdowns, masking, social distancing, and basically a campaign of, of fear. Uh, what should have happened in retrospect is when COVID hit, they should have had the input of folks like Dr. Burks and Dr. Fauci and experts on infectious disease, but they should have convened a panel of medical experts uh, who would take a balanced approach to the pandemic. Like, what would be the collateral damage of these shutdowns? And also include economists and sociologists and criminologists, because there have been major crime waves since COVID, and addiction specialists, over 130,000 annual deaths due to deaths of despair, people taking drugs, and uh, lots of alcoholism, and, and lifestyle experts too, people who uh, look at the impact of closing gyms and allowing less access to physical exercise, and, and psychiatrists as well, because there's been a terrible toll on America's psyche. We should have had all those people offer inputs and not just a top-down approach uh, which was kind of a default, you know, it was like, okay, bad pandemic. Let's listen to Dr. Fauci. And he simply does what he does. He's there to eradicate disease at all costs. But here's one example of the costs. Headline, 
The COVID-19 pandemic is associated with a substantial rise in frequency and severity of presentation of youth-onset type 2 diabetes. I said youth-onset type 2 diabetes. Now, that, that yeah, a few years ago would be an oxymoron because we used to call type 2 diabetes adult-onset diabetes. So it was virtually unheard of that we had kids with adult-onset diabetes, but now we do. They did a study evaluate the frequency and severity of new cases of youth-onset type 2 diabetes in the United States during the first year of the pandemic, compared with the average of the prior two years. And shockingly, here's what they found. They found that new cases of type 2 diabetes in the pediatric population, kids, increased by 77% in the year during the pandemic compared with the average of the previous two years, 2019 and 2018. The likelihood of presenting with metabolic decompensation and severe diabetic ketoacidosis also increased significantly during the pandemic. Well, that was because people waited and waited and waited and waited until the last minute before they would go to a hospital because they were afraid of getting COVID in hospitals. Besides, hospitals were overloaded with COVID patients. So the conclusion of the study, the burden of newly diagnosed youth onset type 2 diabetes increased significantly during the COVID-19 pandemic, resulting in enormous strain on pediatric diabetes healthcare providers, patients, and families. So, yeah, that's called collateral damage. That's like an unforeseen consequence of our determined effort to achieve zero COVID by whatever means, by lockdowns, masking, uh, compulsory vaccinations, uh, which led to a lot of side effects, also led to some people refusing and losing their livelihoods and experiencing enormous pressure and and uh, being labeled vac va uh, vaccine refuseniks and super spreaders when that was not the case. So... Uh, Dr. Fauci's retiring and uh, a new, we're turning a new, over a new leaf in our approach to COVID, hopefully a more sensible approach to this continuing pandemic. 877-726-8255 or number. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is Intelligent Medicine. This holiday season, the turkey isn't the only thing that gets stuffed. <laughs> Everyone knows when we eat too much, gas and bloating are likely to follow. Even more trouble ensues when we combine too many rich foods high in fat and sugar. An antacid may bring a moment of relief, but there is a smarter idea. Dr. O'Hara's Probiotics. Taken daily, Dr. O'Hara's probiotics provide optimum digestive support with enough of the good probiotic bacteria to help us digest rich holiday foods. And for sudden upper digestive distress, chew a capsule or two. The enzymes and postbiotic metabolites only found in Dr. O'Hara's probiotics as a result of the three-year fermentation process will help you feel better and improve your overall digestive health. This holiday season, discover the Dr. O'Hara difference for yourself. You'll be glad you did. Get Dr. O'Hara's probiotics today at Sprouts, Vitamin Shop, Whole Foods, and natural health retailers nationwide. Also available online. New look, same trusted formulas. As part of Wakanaga of America's 50th anniversary, their flagship product, Kyolic Aged Garlic Extract, has a new look. 
The new packaging clearly communicates each formula's unique characteristics and benefits at a glance. The added QR code allows consumers to scan for more info. Aged garlic extract has been shown to support optimal cardiovascular health, including blood pressure and cholesterol, immune function, and more. It is organically grown. And AGE is the most researched garlic supplement on the market, with over 900 scientific papers from prestigious universities and research institutes around the world. There is also a new, vegan-friendly version of Kyolic's original cardiovascular formula. Visit Kyolic.com for more information about Kyolic's quality supplements to support your healthy lifestyle. That's K-Y-O-L-I-C.com. Kyolic aged garlic extract supplements are available at natural health retailers nationwide and online. Welcome back to Intelligent Medicine. Dr. Ronald Hoffman here and... 877-726-8255, our number. That number available to you 24-7, 365. So even if you don't get a chance to call during our program, which is uh, normally aired from noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on a Saturday, you can call anytime you like and record a question, as did this individual. Let's hear it. Last night on TV, I saw a doctor who I'm quite familiar with um, say that, Viagra is a good uh, treatment to prevent Alzheimer's in men and women. Um, what do you think? Okay, you know, that's a great question. I think I know the segment to which you're referring. Uh, that was Dr. Mark Siegel, who is the Fox News uh, medical correspondent. And uh, I like Dr. Siegel. He's pretty much on the ball. Uh, you know, he's a practicing physician and so he's on the front lines and uh, he also keeps abreast of what's happening. And aside from, yeah, maybe a little bit uh, less knowledge on the nutritional front, he offers pretty good medical advice and covers the medical scene. So, uh, there is a study and the study actually came out, uh, at the end of 2021, uh, done at the Cleveland Clinic. And what they did at the Cleveland Clinic, they did something interesting. They said, look, you know, we're not doing so well with these new Alzheimer's drugs. They are costing billions of dollars to develop. And then they flunk out. They don't work or they have unacceptable uh, side effects. Yes, one was just approved, Adjuhelm, but uh, it's unclear whether it's going to provide durable results and the side effects are horrible and it's extremely expensive. So uh, these plaque-busting drugs haven't really cut it. And uh, recently there was a story uh, about how uh, some of the research that underlies this quest for plaque-busting drugs was actually fraudulent. And so it uh, created a great deal of misdirection in Alzheimer's research. So anyway, they're looking for pre-existing drugs. They're repurposing drugs that people already take uh, to see if they have any impact on Alzheimer's disease. And so... Uh, they looked at medical records and they looked at statistics on uh, a whole bunch of drugs. Uh, I think they looked at about uh, 60 or 70 different drugs to see if there was a relationship with Alzheimer's. And what they found to their astonishment was that men who took Viagra, and it's primarily men, had a lower risk of Alzheimer's. Now, you might say, well, men who take Viagra, well, they're interested in sex, so that shows at least, you know, they remember. <laughs> Maybe 
uh, sex is a good thing. And, you know, so the correlation isn't necessarily causation, but it led to research. And what they found is that when they dosed neurons, which are brain cells in a test tube uh, with Viagra, uh, it actually uh, helped to enhance the growth of these neurons. So it's kind of like miracle grow for neurons. And it also reduced certain biomarkers, uh, metabolites that are associated with uh, brain deterioration. So, uh, look, this hasn't really been really played out, but it's led to speculation that uh, Viagra could be repurposed, maybe redesigned so it's longer acting because you don't want like a short acting drug. Then you have to take it a lot of times. And it might have unforeseen side effects, which some people might find disconcerting, others beneficial but longer-acting phosphodiesterase inhibitors like uh, Cialis, uh, which lasts a few days, 72 hours, that might be an alternative to Viagra for people who have early signs of Alzheimer's. The other thing about it is that uh, we're talking about the nitric oxide principle, and nitric oxide definitely improves circulation and beneficial for the heart, the brain, uh, can help... Uh, prevent cognitive decline. And, you know, that's a good segue to this, which is an announcement from one of our sponsors about a natural way to enhance nitric oxide. Yeah. Dietary sources can increase nitric oxide. So if you're over 40, add nitric oxide, support your daily health regimen. If you've heard me talk about nitric oxide before, has a critical impact on the health of your circulatory system, which is critical for cardiovascular, sexual, and cognitive health. And we're all born with the ability to make adequate levels of nitric oxide, but as we age, our production goes down, and the efficiency of our body's critical systems are affected. So to address my own levels and the levels of my patients, I use Berkeley Life's Nitric Oxide Support Supplement. Berkeley Life's easy two-capsule daily regimen offers a consistent dose of dietary nitrates. That's the key ingredient our bodies need to regain healthy levels of nitric oxide. If you're over 40 or treating blood pressure or erectile dysfunction, I suggest you add Berkeley Life to your routine. You can access Berkeley Life by going to berkeleylife.com slash Hoffman and use coupon code Hoffman for a special on Berkeley Life's nitric oxide support products. And you can enjoy the boost in nitric oxide that I and my patients all enjoy. And I use it for uh, athletic performance. I think it's it's a lot of athletes are taking beet extracts uh, like the Berkeley Life product. But the Berkeley Life product is the best on the market. BerkeleyLife.com slash Hoffman and use code Hoffman for special access to Berkeley Life. Okay, so uh, when we return, uh, we're going to talk more about uh, new efforts to create a Omicron vaccine for this fall, coming to a pharmacy or health facility near you. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Fish oil provides the vital omega-3s, EPA and DHA, that support your cardiovascular, brain, nerve, vision, immune system, joint, and skin health, as well as your inflammatory balance. My preferred fish oil brand is Vital Nutrients, offering a line of 11 ultra-pure omega-3 solutions, including a nutrient-dense vegan option. I use Vital Nutrients myself and recommend it to my patients. For more information and to order, go to vitalnutrients.co. That's vitalnutrients.co for the Vital Nutrients line of ultra-pure omega-3 solutions. If chocolate is your weakness, the real chocolate decadence of Flava Naturals Performance Chocolate can be your strength. Extensive research demonstrates the remarkable benefits of daily cocoa flavanols on brain function, heart health, and full body performance. But 
you'd have to eat five or more ordinary bars a day to get those benefits. Flava Naturals chocolate, cocoa powder, and beverages deliver five to nine times the flavanols of a typical dark chocolate bar. I use it every day. For more information and order, just go to flavanaturals.com. That's flavanaturals.com. As an intelligent medicine listener, you know how important it is to ensure that your supplements are genuine, safe, and effective. But vetting your sources and tracking down the exact products you need can be a hassle. That's why I'm inviting you to browse my online supplement dispensary at drhoffmanstore.com. We stock only the highest quality supplements, some of which are very hard to find elsewhere. The very same supplements I prescribe to my patients and take myself. My specially curated professional-grade supplements are fulfilled via the Fullscript network. Fullscript is the safest and most convenient way to purchase my medical-grade supplements. Buying through Fullscript offers fast shipping, optional refill reminders, a mobile-friendly site, it's safe, secure, and HIPAA compliant, and offers world-class support. Just go to drhoffmanstore.com to sign up for your free Fullscript account. You'll also receive free shipping on all of your store orders. That's drhoffmanstore.com. drhoffmanstore.com. Welcome back to Intelligent Medicine. Dr. Ronald Hoffman with you on a weekend, 877-726-8255, our number. And we invite your calls, we invite your questions, we invite your comments. Um, coming to a pharmacy or health facility near you, uh, a new vaccine, uh, an Omicron-specific vaccine. They've already filed for approval uh, of these vaccines. And uh, these vaccines have been uh, talked up by none other than... Uh, the current uh, head of uh, the FDA, Dr. Cha, uh, he says that we should all be lining up for new boosters because, well, obviously the efficacy of the old shots is waning. Uh, poster boy for that proposition, President Biden, although he wasn't that sick and, you know, maybe it was because Omicron is weaker and maybe it's because he was maximally vaccinated and took Paxlovid. It's unclear now, but um, lots of people who are vaccinated and boosted are getting sick and they feel burned. And so there's a new prospect of a specific vaccine for Omicron that's targeted to uh, Omicron. But according to polls, uh, not a lot of people are anxious to take it. They're sort of played out on uh, COVID vaccinations. Um uh, I misspoke. It's uh, Dr. Ashish Jha is the White House COVID coordinator, uh, and he has implored Americans to get the new uh, COVID booster. He says it's going to be really important that people this fall and winter get the new shot, but a lot of people aren't buying in. And, oh, by the way, something interesting is happening. Uh, Pfizer and Moderna are coming to blows. Moderna is suing Pfizer for ripping off its mRNA technology. And that's going to get interesting because <laughs> they weren't going to say anything while there was popularity of the vaccines. But now that interest in the vaccines is waning, uh, they decided to fight it out. And it's going to be a costly and bloody court battle uh, as they seek to divide the spoils. And that's going to get Interesting fast. Uh, but according to 
a guy I like to follow, Dr. Marty McCary. He's a reasonable guy. He's not anti-vaccine by any, by any stretch of the imagination. And he's a mainstream epidemiologist. Uh, he writes, before we push the new Omicron vaccine, let's see the data. Let's see the data. Uh, he says that the White House is pushing Americans hard to take a novel COVID vaccine before the studies are complete. And it's, so it's kind of unusual because it's usually the FDA that gets the say about whether a vaccine should be deployed. But there's a lot of pressure from the White House to speed up approvals and implement a overall vaccine regime. Uh, Dr. McCary writes uh, that uh, the new mRNA vaccines expected to be authorized next month have no clinical trial results that are public. It and from from what I've been reading, it's it's almost exclusively been tested in animals without the actual data made available uh, for humans uh, because it it's too early to tell. And by fall, we may have a different variant of Omicron. That frequently happens with the flu. Uh, the flu vaccine uh, frequently is thwarted by mutations in the flu bug because it's formulated at a time where they think they can predict what the flu is going to look like, but then a slightly different strain of the flu comes along, and then we get 20, 30, 40% efficacy. So... Um, it's also possible that something called immune imprinting may undermine the efficacy of the new Omicron-targeted boosters because the immune system uh, has a way of responding to infectious agents. The first time you get something is the st when you get the strongest response. And when you get a booster you may revert to the original response. The booster boosts the original response, but it doesn't take for the new iteration of the shot. So that is also sometimes referred to as original antigenic sin, which is the notion, and it's been written about extensively. It was recently in a big article about it in the uh, New York Times, also Wall Street Journal, about this notion that efforts to create a new booster may be thwarted by the way the immune system works, which is to respond to the original virus, which, by the way, was much more deadly and serious than Omicron is. So it makes sense. The immune system, you know, has wisdom. And uh, this little tweak that they're getting from the new Omicron booster uh, may not do that much to fend off Omicron infections. And we don't know. We simply don't know because... We're rushing this into production because people are predicting the worst. There are a lot of doomsayers who are saying, oh, you know, it's going to get cold and people are going to congregate inside and respiratory virus is always worse in fall and winter. We may be in for a big surge. And so that is the impetus behind uh, these new uh, boosters. So that is coming down the pike. And, oh, by the way, here's an update on ivermectin. You know, we've been talking about ivermectin as a plausible alternative to some of these expensive antiviral drugs. And why, oh, why weren't people allowed to use ivermectin? And then it was branded uh, horse medicine that people were getting illicitly at 
agricultural supply stores, veterinary places. And so there's a big to do about ivermectin. And part of it represents kind of a dissident view of COVID. So people who didn't want to go with the conventional narrative about COVID, you know, take the shots and take Paxlovid or Moldapiravir. They said, why don't we use ivermectin? It's a cheap drug. It's been around forever. It's safe and it can help people with COVID. Okay, new study. And I, so I got to report this objectively. And I wish it weren't true, but they tested three drugs against COVID in the New England Journal of Medicine. And right away, you can say, well, New England Journal of Medicine, they got an ax to grind against ivermectin. And maybe they do. They certainly have an ax to grind against nutritional supplements. And I find there's a lot of biased reporting in major medical journals. But nonetheless, it's a big study. And I think it was undertaken objectively and earnestly to see if ivermectin would make a difference. And they also looked at fluvoxamine, which is a drug for obsessive compulsive disorder, which has been shown possibly to be helpful for COVID. And it's an example of an old drug that has been repurposed to treat a new condition. And sometimes that works. Same thing with ivermectin. And then there's metformin. Metformin, familiar to many of you who are diabetic, has anti-aging benefits, helps metabolism. And so it was thought that, especially in overweight patients, maybe it would reduce the severity of COVID. Well, they tried out all three. The average age of the patients was 46. Um, half of them had been vaccinated. The other half not. And what they found is that none of the three medications that were evaluated prevented the occurrence of deoxygenation, which is a fancy word. The fancy word is hypoxemia or an emergency department visit, hospitalization, or death associated with COVID-19. And I'm not saying that study is without flaws, and I haven't done a deep dive on the study, and maybe people will critique it for being biased. But of interest was that the metformin did some good, and so it might be reasonable uh, for people who were at risk of COVID, especially overweight individuals, people with metabolic syndrome, high triglycerides, fatty liver, pre-diabetes, certainly type 2 diabetes, to take metformin because it, it might reduce the risk of serious outcomes. Because while it wasn't statistically significant, there was a trend towards protection uh, against hospitalization, death, and decompensation of arterial blood gases, the kind of thing you measure with a little device you put on your finger, the pulse ox. That was averted to some degree, to a minor degree, with the metformin. 877-726-8255 are a number. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and this is Intelligent Medicine. Our lifespan is increasing, but what about our health span, the portion of our lives in which we're healthy? Extend your health span with SRW, Science Research Wellness. SRW is a nutraceutical company that curates the latest science and research to formulate supplements designed to support the structure, function, and processes within our cells that change with age. SRW's cell range line, cell 1, cell 2, and cell 3, constitute the complete cellular system range which supports the nine areas of the cell to change with age, the nine hallmarks of aging. 
SRW's carefully selected cutting-edge ingredients and formulations support the aging process in a way that previous generations have not had access to. Learn more about the science behind SRW, the nine hallmarks of aging, and how you can find out your biological age by going to srw.co. That's srw.co. SRW, the science of aging well. srw.co. Back to Intelligent Medicine, our number 877-726-8255. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and you can call that number 877-726-8255 and record a question during the week, and we'll be glad to answer it as we're about to with this one. Let's hear it. My son, after uh, having uh, COVID, has a severe case of ITP. I was wondering if this is something that you are familiar with. And uh, he's undergoing treatment, and I hope it will be resolved. Okay. Yes, uh, ITP is idiopathic thrombocytopenic purpura. Uh, Say that again, uh, you know, 10 times real fast. Uh, ITP, as I prefer to call it, is a condition where you drop your platelets. Platelets are these little things, little sticky things in your blood uh, that enable you to form blood clots. And if you have too many, you get too many blood clots, that's thrombocytosis. And on the other hand, if you have too few, you have thrombocytopenia, don't have enough, your blood doesn't clot, and you can experience uh, severe bleeding, uh, hemorrhaging, and it can be life-threatening. Uh, so it is thought to be an autoimmune condition. And it can be triggered by covid there are a fair number of cases where COVID does something to the immune system. I mean, COVID is a pervasive disease. It doesn't just affect uh, the respiratory tract and the lungs. It goes into the bloodstream. It affects uh, all systems of the body, brain, heart. And it can affect um, the hematological system, uh, causing the body to attack its own platelets and drop the platelets to dangerously low levels. Of interest is that uh, ITP is also... Uh, an infrequent but devastating consequence of the vaccine. So we can't really be messing around with a vaccine that doesn't do that much to protect us that can cause really devastating side effects. I have here uh, in front of me uh, a report, uh, thrombocytopenia following Pfizer and Moderna SARS-CoV-2 vaccination. And uh, it's a case report of about 20 cases where people got it from the vaccine. So, yeah, you can get it from COVID, but, you know, whatever you can get from COVID, you can, probably to a lesser extent, but to some extent, get from the vaccine because the vaccine induces a mild case of COVID. And so uh, that is a concern. So what do you do about ITP? Well, uh, there's a lot of people who have had ITP that's been successfully treated, and then they've been faced with a decision of whether to take the vaccine. And I kind of grappled that because uh, I had a patient who'd had uh, ITP, and she was under a lot of pressure to take the vaccine, and she was of a certain age where she might be vulnerable. And so we went back and forth, back and forth about, you know, could it trigger another episode of ITP? And officially, the Hematology Society... Uh, says no, that it is unlikely to trigger ITP. There is always that risk uh, in patients who've already had ITP and that the benefits of the vaccine exceed the very, very minuscule risk that you'll get a recurrence of your ITP. 
Uh, fortunately, she did fine after the vaccine. So um, when it comes to treatment of ITP, the treatment in the old days used to be lots and lots of steroids. And that was horrible because all the side effects. And then if that didn't work, uh, take out your spleen, splenectomy. So there's a fair number of people walking around without spleens uh, due to ITP. And that can be a cure. That can be a fix. There's also in the past, they used various forms of chemotherapy. Uh, now they use a type of immunotherapy that uh, can be successful at modulating the immune system attack. Uh, it might be that certain supplements that have a kind of a bit of a regulating effect on the immune system, like fish oil, vitamin D, may be beneficial. Got to be careful with fish oil because it has a blood thinning effect, and these people already have thin blood due to low platelets. Um, and I can't tell you that there's a natural holistic uh, approach. I, I did read one case study uh, where it was a matter of someone identifying an allergy. They were allergic to sesame. And when they got off sesame, this is, you know, case in a million. Uh, when they got off sesame, uh, their blood counts returned to normal. I'm not saying that's going to be universally applicable to cases of ITP, but it underscores the principle that sometimes food intolerances can trigger autoimmunity. So there you have it. 877-726-8255, our number. We don't mind if you obsessively uh, listen to intelligent medicine. You're likely to learn something. I'll try not to uh, scare you, keep you on an even keel, uh, prevent you from uh, succumbing to all the bad news out there. There's an article in Study Finds, uh, came out this month, obsessively watching the news can make you mentally and physically sick. Uh, this according to research at Texas Tech University which found that Americans who obsessively follow the news are more likely to suffer from both physical and mental health problems, including anxiety and stress. You think? <laughs> you know, it's like people who are addicted to the news cycle, um, it, there's a lot of negative bias in the news. And mostly you're going to find out about distressing stuff that grabs at your emotions, maybe also polarizes you, makes you hate the opposing political party in order to mobilize you to give money and vote, right? So they say those who constantly check the latest headlines end up with significantly greater physical ill-being than those who tune in less often, according to the findings. Uh, something that I've done recently is, you know, I found myself watching lots and, you know, and you get this habit during uh, COVID is like you turn on the news, like how is, how is, How's it going? Where, what are the numbers? Who's dying? You know, uh, the governor is on TV. Let's listen to what the governor is saying. Oh, now there's a presidential press conference. Oh, now Dr. Fauci is on and whatever, you know, all the different health authorities. What are they saying? And after a while, you know, I just said, I got to limit my time watching this stuff because you can, you know, get, you know, 90% of it in 10% of the time. It's a 90-10 proposition. And I started, um, listening to podcasts. Uh, I don't listen to my own podcasts because I deliver my own podcasts. But again, listening to health podcasts, uh, which uh, inform me about health issues in a non-biased way, and thereby I could learn uh, without the filtering effects uh, of uh, the news. Because witnessing events unfold in the news, 
you know, uh, the inflation, the war in Ukraine, uh, the watching people at the border, uh, violence, criminality keeps people in a constant state of high alert. And, uh, this has negative physiologic effects. Uh, while we want people to remain engaged in the news, according to an expert quoted here, it is important that they have a healthier relationship with the news. Uh, they found that 16.5% of participants in their study showed signs of, quote, severely problematic news consumption. <laughs> it's an interesting concept, severely problematic news consumption. They were news addicts. Uh, they were significantly more likely to experience poor physical and mental health. And so one element in a health program, you know, we talk about diet, exercise, supplements, uh, adequate sleep. But please uh, go on a news diet because it really is a health liability to be taken in all that negative stuff. 877-726-8255 or number. And this is Intelligent Medicine. <laughs> 